Hello, hello, hello. You're tuned into the Grandson of a Pastor podcast with your host, Yurik. And yes, I am truly a grandson of a pastor. Again, I'd like to thank all of my listeners for downloading the Grandson of a Pastor podcast. Uh, we are downloaded on all the social media platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Bullhorn. Uh, I would like for you to also uh, subscribe uh, to the Grandson of a Pastor podcast. So you can get all the notifications when we download a new episode. Again, we are imperfect souls on an imperfect walk, influenced by none other than our parents, grandparents, politics, politicians, but most importantly, our religious beliefs. Uh, today we have a special guest who's going to join the podcast, uh, my uncle, uh, he, which is a son of a pastor, uh, brother, uh, Donald Brown, he's going to join the podcast. Uh, he's going to give his testimony uh, because the, the entire month of October, we're going to do Testimony Tuesday. So we're going to be giving our testimonies on how good God has been to us uh, over our lives. Again, you are tuned to the Grandson of a Pastor podcast. If you got any suggestions, please email me at edware2020 at gmail.com. Once again, that is edware. 2020 at gmail.com. Again, we have my uncle joining the podcast today, uh, coming um, out of Hopkinsville right now. Uh, he will let you know he's he traveled all over the world uh, via the military. So uh, I was going to let him go ahead and introduce himself. Uh, my uncle, uh, brother Donald Brown. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, I want to say thanks to uh, brother Yurik for giving me the opportunity to participate in this podcast, and it's just a blessing to hear him going forth week after week and, and doing, seeing what God is doing in his life, and we thank God for his life. And as he says, I am a son of a pastor. Reverend Charles L. Brown was my father, which is Rico's grandfather, so we have something in common in, in that. But I thank and praise God for the life that we live and for what God has done for each of us in our lives as a result of the impact Charles Brown, Reverend Charles Brown had in all of our lives, and this impact is still impacting our families today. Uh, as he says, I was in the military for some 26 years. I'm currently uh, in South Korea, a little city called Pyeongchang, South Korea. And I have founded a church there. I'm currently the pastor of that church. Been there now for 16 years. And I thank God for the opportunities that he has given me in my life. Uh, my father brought me up, as Rico said, in, in Hopkinsville. And I left there at the age of 20, joining the military. And, uh, and after the military, I joined uh, the Department of Defense uh, the education agency uh, doing the transportation for five schools or five cities. Actually, it was 13 schools in five cities. We transported some of 4,300 students every day. And I did that for 15 years. And now I'm actually retired again uh, in February of this year. And uh, now I'm just doing full-time ministry. And, and I thank God for his many blessings because I was looking at how he blessed me today to be a full-time pastor, doing a full-time job. And now that I'm retired from that other job, I'm just looking at how God carried me through those 16 years of, of doing the school job and then and also full-time uh, ministry. But I thank and praise God for all that he has done in my life. He has given me opportunities every place that we've been. I was just looking at a, a bucket list the other day and uh, I, I saw that we have been into 22 countries now. We visited 22 places and 32 of the 50 continental uh, states here in the United States. And so the bucket list is, is pretty full, but there's still some places that we would like to go. Uh, but again, I thank and praise God that he opened up that door for me. And uh, being part of the Christian home, I thank God for my father, my mother, 
and for what they did for all of us as they reared us in, in Hopkinsville, they kept us away from a lot of things. And I think the upbringing that we had with them uh, has kept us out of jail, you know, and got us on the right path. I'm not standing here saying that I've been perfect. You know, we're all imperfect, as this uh, noted in the podcast, we're all imperfect souls. But I thank and praise God that he has made a way for us to, to live this life. And uh, in the military, I had an opportunity to, to grow up, a time to mature, a time to see life, you know, getting away from Hopkinsville and seeing other people and how they live. And it, it impacted me in such a way that I, I just want to continue to help people. And I think part of that upbringing was part of what my father taught us. You know, it didn't matter what color you were, where you came from, none of that mattered. What he wanted to, us to walk in was in love. And I think that love transcends all the boundaries. It transcends all the things that we face in, in life. And so it's important that we love one another. A few weeks ago, I was in, uh, in a service in Korea, and I talked about living in this syndemic, the times that we're living in right now. And one of the scriptures that comes to my mind is from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. And it says, this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. And I would tell you that we're living in that time now with everything that's going on in the world today. But I think this is also true even back in the times of ancient times. They were, they were living in perilous times too. But one of the things that kept them was that they had their faith in God. And I think that's what kept me through my 26 years of, of military service and also the 15 years of working for the Department of Defense and currently also pastoring in churches. And uh, I pastored at 15 different churches over time, you know, not all of them weren't for years at a time. There were some that was like six months. There were some that was for 12 months when we deployed to Kuwait and also to Saudi Arabia. But the chaplains gave me an opportunity to, to, to pastor the gospel services that were taking place at those particular installations. And so as a result of that, I was able to see some people come to give their life to Jesus Christ. They were looking for Christ. And that was one of the things that in my life, I believe that God had called me out as, as a minister early in life. And even as I look back sometime, I think about some of the things that people said when we lived on First Street, we had a, a grocery store that was on the corner. We just called it a little corner store. And, uh, and every time I would walk into that corner store, the lady that was at the cashier's counter would always say, well, how are you doing, Elder Brown? And then, you know, I'm only five or six years old. I had no clue what the elder was, you know. But it was just something that people were speaking into my, into my life. And as time went by, I finally made that commitment and said, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And it took me up until the age of 26 to finally make that commitment. And I know that God had been dealing with me for quite some time, uh, again, coming up and growing up in the Christian home that we were in. But after I joined the military, my first overseas assignment was in Daegu, South Korea. And I was, you know, here I am, 20-something years old. I'm figuring, hey, I can run the streets and I can do what I want to do. Nobody sees what I'm doing or what have you. But God saw me all along that way. And there was one particular time when I was driving a, a 18 wheel. I was in transportation, and I was driving an 18 wheeler tractor trailer, and I had 40,000 pounds of cargo on the back, and I was coming back to the base. I dropped off one load, dropped it off, and I got there, and they gave me a load to bring back in. And I was going through a tunnel, and as I was going through this tunnel, my air pressure gauge started dropping down. It dropped down all the way down to 75, and it kept going down, which means that it should lock up, but we kept rolling, and I knew at the end of this tunnel, this tunnel was about a half a mile long, but I was going to come out of this tunnel that I was going to be going downhill for about three miles. And as I got to the end of the tunnel, you know, I told the guy that was in the truck with me, he was a medical, medical person, he says, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to drive this truck down, the, down this hill. And I said the shortest prayer I've ever said in my life, I said, Lord, have mercy. And as we came to the end of that tunnel, the first sign was to the right. 
and it said 25 miles an hour. And I was going about 65 miles an hour at that particular point in time. I'm being pushed down this hill with the weight of the truck. Yes. As I got through that first curve, we, we renewed it, made it through, no problem. And this is two lanes down, two lanes up. And I, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced driving in Korea, but it's not like driving in the States, okay? They have signs, but it's, it's, it's optional on what you want to do. And what I mean by that is there may be a traffic light, and the traffic light is red, but you can choose to stop or choose not to stop. It's, it's your choice. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way that it is. But make a long story short, we maneuvered down that hill, and I came to an intersection. It was a T-intersection. I'm going straight down the hill, and traffic is coming out from the left side. The, the traffic light is green. And as I approached that traffic light, still being green, nobody pulled out in front of me whatsoever. And we were able to make past that particular intersection, and we kept going downhill. Well, as we got further down the hill, we were coming to a four-way stop, and this is going to a major thoroughfare. So there's four lanes of cross traffic in every direction. And as I approached that traffic light, I was probably about 200 yards from that traffic light, and the truck began to stop as if I had put on brakes. But I had, I had no brakes. And so I knew then it had to be God talking to me. And so right before we got to that traffic light, the truck stopped. And I got out of the truck. I walked around it, I checked my air hoses, I checked the valves on the, on the drain tanks, nothing was wrong. And so I got back in the truck and I had two hours to go. I got back to the base and went to regular to the maintenance shop and they looked over the truck, they could find nothing wrong. And so I believe it was God talking to me, just as it was when, when God was talking to Jonah, he sent him go to talk to the people of Nineveh. You know, and Jonah went in the opposite direction of what God told him to go. Well, my life was kind of going that way. I wasn't doing everything that God had called me for to do. I knew at an early age that God was dealing with me spiritually. And there were some things I had to do. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do right. I'm going to do right. And I was already going to church, but it was like I was a hypocrite in myself. That's how I felt. I'm going to church, but I'm still doing the things I wanted to do. But after I made that commitment to Jesus Christ, things began to line up. And later on, when I left career, I was uh, being trained as a deacon at that particular point in time. And my next assignment was going to be to the States. I came back to the States for four years. And that was the longest state I had in the military in the United States was four years. And uh, I got there and still going forth with praise and worship, doing the teaching, the Sunday school, doing things of that nature on a military base. But I acknowledged my call to preach in 1987. It was in October of 1987. My mom and dad came out uh, where we were. And uh, my mom said something after I had spoke the message that day. She, she got, actually stood up in the, in the, in the worship service and she says, my son told me that he was going to be a preacher at the age of three. And he had told me that. And she said, you know, I just kind of brushed it off. But she says, but he told me when, when he preached his first sermon that I wasn't going to be there. And I wasn't there, she says. This is the first time I've heard him speak. And from that base, the Lord allowed me to take over the gospel service. And there were other pastors that were in place, other lay, lay pastors that were there. But the chaplain says, no, nobody's going to run this service but Reverend Brown. He's the one that, that's going to be running the gospel service. And he gave me that opportunity. Uh, well, again, that same chaplain that gave me that opportunity, I ran into him again when I got to Italy. And uh, I attended the, the services at, at, in the Italy air station, San Vito. And I sent a message to this chaplain. He was actually the director of chaplains in, in what we call the United States Air Forces in Europe. And I said, I'm here in Italy. And I said, I'm working in the gospel service in, in Italy. And I said, I would like for you to send me a recommendation. Well, he sent the recommendation. And he told him of my work in New Mexico and other parts of the states. And uh, they gave me the opportunity to say, we're going to make you the pastor of the gospel service. And so I was over the gospel service there at San Vito for almost three and a half years. 
and God gave me, again, gave me opportunity. And one of the significant events that took place while we were in San Diego happened in December. There was a lady that had given her life to Jesus Christ, young troop in the Air Force. She was a security person, worked in security forces. And she said, she came up and she acknowledged Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Yeah. And she said, now, Reverend Brown, she said, I know it's December and there's snow on the ground. She said, but I want to be baptized in the Adriatic Sea off of the southern coast of Italy. And so I says, well, you know, we can make that happen. But I said, but it's going to be cold. The water's going to be really, really cold. <laughs> cold. And yeah. so we, we took a busload of folks and we went out to the Adriatic Sea on the southern tip of, uh, of Italy. And we walked out and, of course, there was some, some ice that was there and we had to crack the ice. And I tell you, the water was cold. <laughs> we baptized that, that young lady in the Adriatic Sea, and, uh, and she's still going forward even today. We thank and praise God for her life. And so there are many people that are, that are impacted by the word of God, but it really comes down to they look at you. And being in ministry, a lot of people look at your life. They look, the, the Bible tells us that they would know you by your fruit. And so where we are right now currently in South Korea, I'm kind of looked at as the old guy. You know, I'm 64 years old, and a lot of the pastors that are there, they always come to me for advice and, and stuff. And we did a meet a few weeks before we left to come back to the States, and uh, we had 12 pastors that were there. And they were saying, well, Reverend Brown, what are you doing in the midst of this pandemic? You know, what are y'all doing at your church? And I said, well, right now, we're just using Zoom and Facebook. I said, I thank God for the technology and, and the, the media that we have made available to us, because many people are not going to church. They're saying, well, we don't have church. We're not in our building, so we're not going. But the church shall always prevail. The church is never stopping. It's perpetual. And so we got to understand that God has made this technology available for us to still be able to connect. Now understand that the scripture over in Hebrews 10, 25 says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so we want to come together. Well, in this particular time with this pandemic that's going on, you know, people are dying. Over 200,000 people have died in this pandemic. And so God has given us a common sense. And he's also given us godly wisdom. And so why would we want to expose ourselves when we have access to things that would keep us safe? And so what I told all those pastors says, well, we're going to continue to stay closed for now until further notice. Uh, as the governor has already told us that all places of worship are shut down, face-to-face -face services, there are none. And so they looked at me, you know, well, what are you doing? And I told them what I was doing. I said, well, why are y'all coming to me? You know, I said, all of y'all have your own churches, what have you, but the thing was is that they're looking at me as being the one that has been in Korea for such a long time. I've been there, like I said, now for 16 years. And so I thank God for the favor that he has upon not only my life, but the, the lives of those that are in Christ. There is favor. We have godly favor upon us, and we're supposed to go forth and do the things of God. And so what that means is that we have to expose ourselves to various things that are going on in the world today. We have to take a stand, and we have to be bold, and we have to be courageous in doing what God has called us forth to do. And so every place that we've gone, God has given us that opportunity to do that. And I remember there was a time when we were in uh, Kuwait, and you had a lot of uh, people that are in Islam uh, over there. And we were going forth in a Bible study on a Wednesday night, and this man came in. He was a Middle Easterner, and he came in, and he said he wanted to hear about Jesus Christ. And so we continued with our Bible study, but it, that lets us know that, that God's, his, his, his boundaries are un, unboundless. You know, God is, is, is infinite in all the things that he does. And so we, we spoke the word of God and he committed himself to Jesus Christ. And so we have to see that as we go forth and do what God has called us forth to do, as we share our experiences, as we share our testimonies, the things that God has done for us, it speaks to other people. 
And so you may think that your life is insignificant, nobody's paying you any mind, but people are watching you. And so what we've got to do is to understand that we may be the only Bible that these people ever read. They're reading us as Christ is using us as a vessel, as an instrument. And this is what God wants us to be. He wants us to be a yielded vessel that he can use, just as Mary was a vessel. She was used by God, what God can use all of us. And the thing that we have to understand is, is that they're no different than we are. We may look at the life of Elijah. We may look at the life of Mary. We may look at the life of Peter and Paul and all the things that God did through them. Well, God can do that through us. I'm just a little old guy from Hopkinsville, Kentucky, population of 30,000, you know, but God took, has taken me places. And that was another thing that my mom told me. She said, and she didn't dampen my dreams, but she just said, said, you think too big. You need to think smaller than that, you know. But God used the military as a conduit, as a, as a means to get me to the places that he wanted me to be. In every place that he has taken me, he has given me opportunity. You know, I've had people come to me and say, well, how is it that you can start up a church and, 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 and thrive and things are going well? I say, well, it's not me. It's the person that sent me. And so this is the thing that we need to understand, that God is the one that sends us forth. And if we're going forth, God is going to meet the need. He's going to qualify us. He's going to set us up. And he's going to do all the things that he wants to do through us to get it done. And so, again, we just have to yield ourselves. And so I look at my life as a, as a, as a learning moment for me. As I'm walking through life and seeing the things that God wants to do, I, I just count it a blessing. And, you know, and God has, has allowed me to be, I was in New Mexico for, for almost three years, and, and a situation happened there. I was going forth teaching Bible study, going forth in our, in our worship services there. And there was a, a time when I was using a, a records, a recovery vehicle. You know, you have a vehicle that breaks down on the highway. They send out a vehicle to recover that vehicle. We, we call it a wrecker. And so I was training a, a young lady how to operate the wrecker. And I said, today when we get a call, I say, you're going to do it. I said, I've given you OJT, on-the-job training, to operate this piece of equipment. And I said, if we get a call today, you're going to be the one that's going to go out, and you're going to do it step by step. Everything that I've taught you, I want you to show me that you've learned. And so the call came. A vehicle, security forces vehicle broke down on base. And I said, Carol, this is your opportunity. This is your time to show me what you know. And so she went out. We got the vehicle picked up. And she picked it up. But something happened to the record that day. The neutral switch went out. And so as she pulled the lever down, the vehicle started rising. And understand that this vehicle is hooked up to a tow bar. And a tow bar weighed, down, I'm not sure it weighed more than 75 pounds. But as the vehicle was going up, she couldn't get it to stop. And so it just continued to go up and go up. And as it went up, the chains broke. Now these are 10,000 pound uh, capacity chains on there. And so the chains broke. And when I heard it break, all I could do was close my eyes. You know, I, I closed my eyes and I heard a voice say, step to the left. And I shifted to the left. And as that tow bar went up into the air and came down, it landed beside where I was. Now understand if I hadn't moved, I could have been dead. And the guys ran out of the shop and they said, well, how did you know to move? And I said, I heard a voice say, move to the left. And Carol, she was just there crying and weeping. She said, you could have been killed. And the guy that was in the maintenance shop said, we saw the whole thing. We saw the tow bar and it went as high as the telephone post. And it came down and landed where you were standing at, but you moved. And that's all that God told me, move to the left. And I moved and, and here I am today. So that was another opportunity I could have lost my life, but I believe God was using that as a teaching moment for Carol because I had been witnessing to Carol. Young lady, I said, you don't have to go the way of the world. 
I believe that God has a plan for each of our lives. There's something he wants all of us to do. And so we got to make that commitment to follow him. And she started coming to Bible study a few weeks out there, but then she stopped. But again, she had the opportunity. And I believe that in life, there's always going to be opportunities, uh, whether to succeed or to fail. But I also believe that the same opportunity is given to us for God to show himself strong. I believe it's a God opportunity. It's an opportunity for God to perform a miracle if he chooses to do so. And so our lives are laid out. God has a plan for each one of our, each one of our lives. He says over in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, that he knows the thoughts that he thinks toward us, thoughts of peace are not evil, to get us to an expected end. And so he wants to get us to the expected end, but getting to the expected end means we've got to go through life's experiences. And so sometimes in life we go through experiences that could cost us our lives, but I thank and praise God he has made a way for us to be where we are. And so I look at my life as a testimony. I looked at my father's life as a walking testimony. My father had prostate cancer in the 60s, uh, when he was in his 60s, and he also had colon cancer later on. But even in the midst of having both of those bouts with cancer, he lived until the age of 90. And my father would sometimes say to me, he said, I don't understand why God is allowing me to still be here. You know, all my friends, people that I know, they've all died off, but I'm still here. And I said, but look at your life. I said, you don't even have to say a word. You can just walk into a place and you are a walking testimony. People know what you've been through, what you've experienced. And so I believe that the life experiences that we go through speaks volumes to other people, not always to us. Sometimes what we go through could be for somebody else, how we dealt with the situation, how we responded, how we reacted to the situation, and they can gain something from that. If we walk around with our heads down in despair, you know, people are going to think, well, man, why do I need to become a Christian? You know, they're going through the same things that we go through, and they're responding no differently than we are. But our lives should have an impact on the lives of other people. And so how we, we act, how we respond to the situation says a lot to them. They may not want to acknowledge it at that particular point in time, but later on they may come back to you and say, I watched you. I saw how you responded to those particular things in life. And, and, and you just responded in a way that's been different from other, from other people. And so I give God thanks and praise for the things that he's done in my life. I take no glory for none of it. It's only because of what God has done in my life. And so we have to look at our lives at, from where we are right now and, and continue to endure and, and persevere, persevere and go forward and do what God has called us forth to do. There's a scripture over in Isaiah 46, verse 10. They say God knows the ending from the beginning. So he knows everything. He knows our life. He knows us before we were formed in our mother's womb. But here we are at the beginning going through the process. And so I look at life as a process. You know, God has taken us from one place to another, but we're not there yet. And I don't believe we're going to be there yet until we get to be with him. And so we live through these times that we're going through now. As Paul talked about the perilous times, I mean, we're going through some difficult times now. And so God is saying, I need you to live the life that I've destined for you to live because lives are being lost every day. People are dying every day not knowing who Jesus Christ is. And so your testimony should be a testimony that's going to impact the life of somebody else where they can understand that God delivered me. God brought me out of what I've gone through. He delivered me. And so when they hear it from you, it's like your life is saying something to them. And so we, again, got to give God glory for all the things that he has done. There are, and that was two occasions where I could have been dead, but God spared my life. You know, so undoubtedly he had a purpose. He had a plan for my life. And so that purpose and plan that God has for all of our lives, we got to begin to walk it out step by step and allow God to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. And for the last 
five months, I've been teaching a Bible study in our, in our church, and the subject is being and becoming who God says we are. You know, we got to see ourselves as God sees us. God sees the potential in all of us. We may not see it or recognize it at a particular point in our life, but one day it's like, I believe that God's going to open our eyes, and we're going to begin to see ourselves the way that God sees us. And if we'll begin to see ourselves that way, we'll see that God can use us for his purpose, for his plan. And we, again, just got to walk it out and allow God to have his way. But I, I think part of my life's testimony is, is my family. We have a close-knit family. I've been gone for 40 years, you know, from Hopkinsville. But in, but in that process, the love for our family has never wandered off. You know, it's like we come together. I've been here now in Hopkinsville for the last few days, and it's like, I know everybody, they know me, and we, we love on one another. That's what it's all about. You know, family is very important for us in the life of Christ, living the life of Christ. Family is important. And so I think as we go forward in life and we look at each other, if we can help one another out, that's what we're supposed to do, bear one another's burdens. We're supposed to pick each other up. And so I thank God for my family. You know, and it's a testimony that I share with many at the church, you know, saying that my mom is bedridden, but I have sisters. And I have nieces and nephews that, that come in and aunts and, and uncles that check in on her. You know, it, it kind of hurts to an extent, you know, that I'm not here with her, you know, as all this is going on. But I can thank God also for my, my relatives being with her and, and giving her the care that they are. You know, so I do what I can do from, from afar. But I will say this, I know that there's no distance in the midst of prayer. And so there's much prayer, much time of fasting praying uh, given. You know, and I thank God for my family. I pray for each one that God will meet their need, whatever that need is, spiritual, mental, physical, financial. God will meet the need. But sometimes he may cause me to, to move in such a way to help that need, whatever that might be. And so, again, we have to do that to show the love of Christ one towards a, another. And I think that stems from the lifestyle in which my father lived before all of us. You know, like I can say he's been dead now since 2016, but his influence still impacts our lives today. Yeah. And so I thank and praise, praise God for that, you know, the, the, the relationship that we have. And, and to say relationship, that's the way that it should be with Christ. We should have a relationship with Christ. And when we have a true relationship with Christ, we can go to him morning, noon, or night, and let him know the cares that we have. He says that he cares for us. And so we've got to learn to cast whatever cares we have, whatever weights, uh, whatever burdens, whatever worry, whatever anxiety that we have in life we got to cast it on him. As he says over first Peter five, seven, we cast it on him because he cares for us. And so I, I thank God for the scripture because in the scripture, in the scripture, there's something there to combat whatever it is that we're going through. And, uh, and so we got to recognize that God is our refuge and strength. That he's a very present help in the time of trouble. Psalm 46, one tells us that. And so whatever it is that we're going through in life, in our experiences, we go through tests and trials. And I spoke a sermon a few years back, and the title was, No Test, No Testimony. So I had to go through the test that I've gone through in life in order to have the testimony that I have. You know, if I didn't go through the test, I don't know what uh, I could do, you know, what God could do through me. So I had to go through the test. He grew me, he matured me in the midst of the test that he, that he allowed me to go through. But at the same time that I went through those tests, he was always there with me. And, and again, I thank God I wasn't in it by myself. God saw everything that I did, good, bad, indifferent. He saw it all, but he delivered me. And so when I made that commitment to say, Lord, I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to do what you called me for to do, I lost some friends along the way. Maybe I won't say that I lost in the family. Maybe somebody said, well, man, he, he's different now than he was when he left. You know, It's only because of the things that, that Christ has, has done in me, through me, and for me. And so as I share those things with other people, 
they recognized, you know, there's no way you could have done that in yourself. But no, the only way that I could do it was through Christ. I live, I move, and have my being only through Christ. And I thank God, even through all the sin, and as I was saying earlier, we're living in a syndemic right now. You know, and I say syndemic, and I know it's not a word that's in the dictionary. You're not going to find it there. You know, you'll find epidemic, you'll find pandemic, but you won't find syndemic, but that's what we're in. And the only way that we can come out of this syndemic is accepting Jesus Christ. We can be saved. You know, Paul says over in Romans uh, 10 and 9, he says that if thou shalt confess in thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, thou can be saved. So I'm saved as a result of that. I made that confession of faith. I believe in Jesus Christ. And so I believe God. And so in the midst of this syndemic that we're living in, I believe God can save us. And for those that have already committed their lives to Christ and are saved, well, then you're good to go. But what about those that are still dying out there as a result of living in the sin and not wanting to commit their lives to Jesus Christ? And the word of God tells us that the drunkards and, 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 and whoremongers and you know, all these things, they're not going to make it into, into, into glory. They're not going to make it into heaven. So we got to stand and tell that to the people. Now, you tell them that, you're going to catch some resistance. They're going to say, well, who are you? Who are you to tell me that I'm not going to make it? I'm not telling you. I'm telling you what the word of God says. You can go and read it for yourself. And this is why I like to quote the scriptures, because as we're quoting those scriptures, they can go back and read it for themselves and find out what God has said about this. But I'm telling you right now, uh, Brother Yerk, you, even in the midst of this pandemic that's going on with this virus, you know, I'm not saying that God sent it, but I believe that God allowed it, you know, because there is nothing that can happen without God's knowledge. You know, God knows about everything. So I believe in, in the midst of what we're going through right now, God is trying to get our attention. He's trying to get our focus on him. He's calling to us. You know, it's like a warning sign. He's giving us warning signs, but are we paying attention? And, and I've used this analogy in Korea many times, you know, we drive over there and, and it could be like, you're, they're getting on your last nerve because of the way that they drive. But I would say it's, it's much improved than what it was back in 1980 when I first came. But the situation presents itself where you can get uh, caught up and you can just begin, begin to get angry on, on how people, the way people drive over there. But I think and praise God, I see improvement. Other people may not see improvement, but they ha would have had to be there for some time to see that. But in the midst of this pandemic that we're going through, God is saying, you can be saved. Spiritually speaking, you can be saved, but, but physically speaking, literally, you can be saved if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. So one day, we're all going to die. You know, we're not going to live on this earth forever and ever. One day, we're all going to die. And what we believe in, who we believe in, determines where we're going to live for all eternity. Why choose to accept Jesus Christ? And I want to live with him for all eternity. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be there where the national teeth and, and outer docks and all this can be taking place. I don't want to be there. So I don't want anybody else to be there. And so it's important for us to share the word of God and go forth. So in the midst of my testimony, I want to share the word of God because somebody took the time to share the word of God with me. My father did, my mother did, my grandparents did. Many of my relatives shared the word. And at one point in time, I chose to take that step of faith, to believe in Jesus Christ, to accept him as my Lord and Savior. And so that's the testimony that I have today, that Jesus saved me. God sent him. And when he said to me, he said, I'm sending him down to be sin who knew no sin, that we, you and I, might become the righteousness of God in him. So I thank God for Jesus. And I look at Jesus' life and I think about all the things that he went through. He, he's gone through a whole, whole lot more than what I've gone through, or what any of us could ever go through. Jesus went through it. And so that lets me know that there's a way out, and that way out is Jesus. 
He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way but through him. And so I don't know how long I've been speaking, so I'm going to give you an opportunity to tune in. If I've been going too long, tell me to shut up and turn it off. But, but I thank and praise God for the opportunity just to share because it's important, you know, what God has done in, in all of our lives. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you are tuned into the Grandson of a Pastor podcast with your host, Yurik, and my guest, my uncle, Brother Donald Brown. Again, we got Brother Donald Brown. Before we get off the podcast, again, if you got any suggestions, please email me at edware2020 at gmail.com. Once again, that is edware2020 at gmail.com. If you also you see fit to uh, sponsor us monetarily, you can uh, cash app us at grandson of a pastor. Also, before we get off the podcast, I would like to let everybody know uh, how you can be reached, Brother Brown. And also, I want you to close us out in prayer because we can now reach you all over the world via <laughs> Zoom all your different things you're doing uh, with your church. So we can also reach you via Zoom. So I'll let you give her your contact information as well as close us out in prayer. Amen. Amen. Well, my email address is brown underscore dl at hotmail.com. And we have a, a Zoom link, which is zoom.us slash j slash Four two two six one six zero eight eight one, and we normally do our services through Zoom or on Facebook. And our time is definitely different from your time, so I would, for me to Zoom here, I had to get up early in the morning, uh, at five o'clock my time to Zoom back to Korea. So it would be like eleven o'clock on Saturday night for you to Zoom into our worship services on Sunday. But again, the opportunities are there for those that, that may want to tune in. And again, we thank God for this opportunity to share on the podcast and thank uh, Brother Yurt for giving us the opportunity to, to share. And I hope I wasn't talking too fast. <laughs> it can sometimes get excited as we go forward talking and just get caught up. Yes. But I thank and praise God for the opportunity to, uh, to be with you today. And as he asked me to do, I'm gonna close out with the word of prayer. Father God, we come before you this morning. We thank you and we praise your God for every opportunity that you give us to praise and worship you. We thank you for being our God, for being our Lord, for being our savior, for being our all in all. And God, we put our trust in you. We believe in you. We trust in you, God, by faith, believing. God, have your way in our lives. And I just thank and praise you for this podcast, oh God, and for Brother Yurik. God, I ask you to continue to use him in a mighty way. Use this podcast, oh God, to reach the masses, God, and they will continue to look to you. And for those that don't know you, God, I pray they come to know you as Lord and Savior. For we don't want to see anyone left behind. God, I pray that you have your way in this electoral process, God, in the United States. And for all the things that's going on in the world today, God, I know that they can be changed, oh God, as they begin to seek your face. Not all, but many, oh God, will come to you. And I just pray, God, that those that come to you will continue to run this race and endure until the very end. Have your way in all of our lives, oh God. We thank you and praise you for all that you're doing. Father God, move in our families, move in our jobs, move in every situation that we find ourselves in, oh God, to recognize that you are with us and that you are for us. God, again, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.